0: Block KC, how are we doing tonight? Hey, like Scott said, my name is Nick Swearingen, and I'm thrilled to be with you guys here tonight. We are continuing our series of Save the Date. If you weren't here with us last time, uh, we talked about God's plan for love, sex, and marriage. And we talked about how the fact that marriage, despite our culture continuing to think that we've got it figured out when it comes to love, marriages just aren't quite going the way that we hope. Uh, But we talked about how God has this amazing plan for marriage, right? It was this phenomenal thing that he invented. And he wants it to be joyful and purposeful and life-giving and committed. And we saw that, you know, that sin has come in and has ruined that. But we figured that we could get back to that by following Jesus. But we didn't really get into any practicals. So tonight, we're going to get practical. And ladies, if you're here, we are going to be talking about how do you find a five-star man. Men, if you're here... We're going to be talking about how do we be a five-star man. Like Scott said, though, five-star recruits, you know, there's, there's dozens of them that come across uh, the, the recruiting train every single year to play in college athletics. Uh, one thing that I'm a really big fan of is looking to see, like, who's going to be the big recruit this year? Because it's really fun, to, like, thinking about this fact that this 18-year-old could beat me at every single sport imaginable. Um, And just seeing like, man, I wonder what they're going to do. Like they could go really far. This could be big. And college er, college coaches all over the country are working really, really hard to find these people and recruit them and get them on their team. Girls, in the same way, you have the chance to team up with a guy in marriage. And so you want to get the guy that's going to be the best for your team. But, guys, I I can't go without saying this. If we're talking about college athletics... This is, just, this is something for the fellas, right? This is one of the classic things that you hear when guys talk about college sports. I would have played in college, but. I would have played in college, but my coach just didn't like me. I would have played in college, but uh, we were a running team and I was a tight end, and so I just didn't really get the ball enough. I would have played in college, but my coach forgot to send in my tapes. Right, And, like, guys will come up with all kinds of crazy excuses. Every guy that I've been friends with, not every guy, a lot of guys that I've been friends with will make these, like, statements. Like, oh, dude, like, I, man, I would have played in college. And maybe some of them are true. But I don't know, guys, why do we do this in, like, everything? Right? We do it in video games, too. Like, we see Ninja playing. And we're like, dude, I could take him. I'm like, man, that plays, man plays professional video games. And we're just like, yeah, dude, I could totally take him. Like, I think I'm better than him. I really do. Or guys, if, if you see a car's hood is up and everyone's standing around, you walk up and you're like, uh, check the windshield wiper fluid? It's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But guys, there's something in us that we want to be the best, right? Like we want to be a five-star guy. There's something that, that drives us to we want to be the cream of the crop. That what gets us fired up. But the thing is that there there are plenty of different kinds of guys in the world. And so, ladies, the the fact is that you're not just looking for the perfect guy, right? You're not looking for the perfect guy out there. I I know that some ladies have a list, right, like tall, dark, and handsome, or the opposite if you're not into that, short, blonde, and ugly, (laughs) which is awful. Men, you're not ugly. You're good-looking guys. Take pride in that. But, but there are a lot of different kinds of guys out there. And the lists that we can come up with aren't always the most accurate lists of the things that we're looking for. And men, so oftentimes the same is true for us, that we think, hey, this is what it means to be a man. But it doesn't actually level out to the things that are going to be beneficial later on in life or the things that are going to be a blessing in marriage. And so we need to redefine what are these qualities that are going to get us this amazing marriage that God defined, and so tonight, men, we're, we're talking to you primarily. Ladies, I'm also talking about what are these qualities. But my friend, he says this all the time. He says, if you play a man's game, men come to play. Fellas, tonight we're playing a man's game. And the reality is that we want to play a man's game because we want to raise our standard. And so, ladies, if you're here and you're single, this should help you. So when the next guy slides into your DM on Instagram... Or he asks you on a date, you can say, okay, how do I know if this is going to be a good guy for me? Or maybe you're dating someone right now, and you're like, well, I'm kind of unsure. This would help you ask the questions, how do I know if he is a good man for me? Or maybe you're married, and you're like, what are some things that I can be praying for my husband to grow in to bless our marriage? And man, if you're like, hey, I want to grow in these things so that we can, that we can have a good marriage one day, I think that that's good. But we have to remember that God has our best interests in mind. He cares about us so much. It doesn't always come in the way that we think, right? God's blessings don't always show up how we think that they will. But we need to know what qualities God says will lead to a good marriage one day. We need to know those kind of things. So I'm going to set up a little bit of a framework for us as we're going through this, as we're talking about what's a five-star man. So here's the framework. This is the foundation. The block's all about building foundations. So here's the first building block. Yeah, that was bad. Hey, the first one, direction, not perfection. You're not looking for the perfect man because there's only one, and his name is Scott Johns. He was just up on stage here. But you're looking for a guy who's going in the right direction, who's headed towards these qualities. If you're looking for perfection, you're just looking for something that someone is checking off, a to-do list. Have he, has he done this? Has he done this? Rather, but we're looking at character and identity. And is a man going in this direction, if he has these things, then it's going to be true of his character and his identity. Second one, men, grow in these things no matter what, not just because you're looking to get married, right? These are not just beneficial traits in marriage. These are things that will benefit you for your entire life. And, guys, this is the the sad thing that I see so often in our culture. We make love supreme. And often in our hearts, we try to emphasize how important relationships are, and they're great. Don't get me wrong, God created them, and he says they're valuable, but they are not the end-all, be-all. There is so much more to life. There's the chiefs. I thought I was going to make it longer than that. But there's so much more to life than just relationships and love. And these, not everyone in this room will get married. But these are all good characteristics to grow into. And like I said, if you're married and you're here, this is not something that you look at your spouse and think, you know, maybe I should... Find someone new. Now, that's a commitment. And so you think, how do we grow in these things together? How do we keep moving towards this? So that's the one. Grow in this no matter what. It's not just, hey, if I reach this, then God will give me a wife. That's not how this works. Uh, The next one, ladies, back to you. It's better to be married to the right man for 35 years than the wrong one for 40. God cares about your love life so much more than you do. So don't settle. Please do not settle. It's not worth it. And finally, if you're not attracted to these qualities, ladies, that we're mentioning, I would just encourage you to take some time to reflect and say, why is that true? If the guys that you're constantly going after or find yourself ending up with aren't godly men, I would encourage you to ask yourself, why is that the case? And ask God, say, God, I want to be attracted to the things that you say are going to lead to a thriving and joyful marriage. So ask God to change your heart. He will. He's good. Like I said, he cares about us so much more than we do. So that's our framework. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to get started. God, I I thank you for tonight. Um, God, I I pray that we would all just learn something from your word and that we would apply it to our lives. God, help us to not just be hearers of the word but to to be doers of it. Um, God, I pray that we wouldn't just let it fall on deaf ears, God, but you would help us to become more like you as men. And God, help the ladies here to just care about the things that you care about. And God, ultimately, I'm, just, I'm grateful for this. Help me to communicate clearly in the way that I should. And thank you for the chance just to have a good time with other people and have community um, and just have something that's valuable and something that encourages us to be uh, better and to grow and to build strong foundations for life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, without further ado, the first quality of a five-star man, selflessness. What is selflessness? Selflessness is someone that's looking out for others. See, selflessness is the soldier that lays down his life for someone else. You know, it's the guy who jumps on the grenade. Guys, I think that this, like, this gets something going in us, right? Like, when we see someone sacrifice, we're like, yeah, like, I want that. Or we see the athlete that lays his life out, or that lays his body out in the line for the play. Baker Mayfield, I'm going to get a ton of flack for this, is a great example of that. Right, he will go and put his body on the line to help his team succeed. And that's an example of selflessness. And see, our our heart and our culture will tell us that this is appreciated, but not really valued. It's like this is something that's like, oh, yeah, like, thanks for being selfless. That was really kind. That's decent. But everything else in our culture is saying, hey, just care about yourself, right? Do what you want. Do what makes you feel good. Do whatever is going to take care of you. Life is ultimately about me, right? And that's what culture says, but what the Bible says is very different. And hey, by the way, if you're not familiar with the Bible, I just want to say we are so glad that you're here, and we don't expect anyone to have any kind of knowledge of the Bible. Uh, we're going to just be walking through these verses together. We're going to take it through step by step. And if you don't have a Bible, stop by the connections table. It's out into the left on your way out. We'd love to get you one. It honestly is the most life-transforming thing that you can read. And so, just wanted to say that that yeah, we're going to walk through it together. Don't be intimidated. Uh, this is just something that we're looking at what has God said to us. So Ephesians five, twenty-five says like this, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus and he's talking about marriage. He says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So if you're not super familiar with Jesus or with the church, Jesus calls the church his bride. And he, and he says that, that Christ gave himself up for his bride. Which, then if you're wondering, what does that mean for husbands? If Jesus died on the cross for the people that he loved, then we need to be willing to die to ourselves for the people that we love. Which, honestly, sounds kind of intimidating, right? It's like, wow, that's, that's intense, right? That's not just standing up at the altar and coming home every night to a freshly cooked meal. That's not what that is. It's different, right? But that's what it says. That is the main command to husbands, Lay down your life for your wife. So it's like, like I said, it's a the, it's the soldier who's dying for his squad. It's the athlete that's putting it out on the line. But women, why do you want this? Why is this a blessing in a marriage? Because you want a man who's going to do whatever it takes to provide for your family. He's going to do whatever it takes to provide spiritually, emotionally, physically. He's going to commit himself to growing spiritually and say no to things that sound more comfortable or more fun just so that he can provide for his family spiritually. You want someone who's going to be emotionally sacrificial, someone who's going to come home at the end of the day and not just want to sit there and watch Netflix or not watch the latest game or whatever it is, but he's going to ask, how was your day? And he's going to ask the kids, hey, what did you learn at school? What's something that was hard? Because that's going to be a huge blessing in marriage. That's an example of selflessness. You want to, to find a man who's going to do whatever it takes to provide financially. Is he going to show up? And I'm, I'm not saying that the man has to make all the money. I'm just saying that he needs to sacrifice and he needs to show care and concern. Or is he going to be all focused on himself? See, marriage is just—it's a, a lot of sacrifice and it's a lot of setting aside your own opinions for the sake of someone else. And you want someone who's going to lay down his life for his opinions. If you're married or you're close to a married couple, maybe you hear some of the things that they argue about. It's like, should we eat breakfast together or not on our way to work? Or like, how do we load the dishwasher? Or what speed should the fan be on in the middle of the day? Or can we leave the lights on? Right? And these things, they seem so big. But if you think about it, if someone's selfless and they're living a life that's focused on other people, those things just don't matter. Right? Those are just trivial things. But if we're super concerned about how do I get my way? How do I get what I want? I want the fan speed on three. I want silverware to the right. I want bowls on the top shelf. Right? It's like, then that's just going to be the emphasis of the marriage. And it's all going to be about how do I get what I want? But small opinions, like I said, they just don't matter as much if you're focused on being selfless. If you're focused, man, on laying down your life for other people, and being a blessing to other people, it's going to be so much better off in the long run. It really is. How do you know if someone is selfless? Well, first of all, you need to ask, are they humble? Man, ask yourself, do you build others up? Or are you seeking to always get the praise? Is everything about you, and I'm not talking about having like a low view of yourself, Because honestly, that's just another form of kind of self-absorption. It's like, oh, does everyone, what does everyone think about me? You know, constantly like that. No, it's just, do you genuinely care about others? If someone does something well, do you build them up? Rather than saying, man, I wish that would have been me getting that credit. That should have been me winning the Super Bowl. That should have been me hitting the full court buzzer beater shot when I was in seventh grade. Which is not remotely true. Sacrificing is the next thing. How do you know if a man is selfless? Is he sacrificing? Women, you could ask this. Maybe you're on a date with someone. And you say, hey, what's something that you've had to give up recently for the people you care about? Sounds like kind of an intense question on a date, doesn't it? Guys are like, please don't tell them to ask that. I see this. But it's a good question. And you can ask it casually. And it might just cause someone to think. Like, you know, I don't know. Let me think about that. But it's how do we move towards Selflessness. We can either be sacrificing or, or really focused on other people, or does the man lavishly spend everything he has on himself? Is all of his energy, his, his time, his money, does all of that go to him and what he wants? Because someone who's like that, they're not just going to flip a switch when they get married and instantly become a, sa- a sacrificing husband that puts their wife first. That's not how life works. I wish it was, because New Year's resolutions would be so much more beneficial if we could just flip a switch. It's February, everyone's like, oh, New Year's resolutions, I forgot about those. Do we always try to get our own way, man? Are we always trying to do what we want? Selflessness is going to be the key and the foundation for a good marriage. Next one, faithfulness. Faithfulness is, is someone who's going to stick with you no matter what. Guys, we, we love this guy. It's the guy that you know who always has your back, right? It's the, it's the guy that you know that, that you can count on through thick or thin, And it's like, man, if this guy, if he's with me, I can do whatever I want. Maybe not whatever I want. That's probably a bad example. Not that kind of guy. Not the guy who's getting you into trouble. But it's the guy who you know that you can turn to if you're in trouble. See, everyone wants that friend. And men, we can have the chance to be that kind of friend and be that kind of husband, whether that's current or future. Proverbs 19.22 says it like this. What is desirable for a person is to show loyal love, and a poor person is better than a liar. Which means what you want in life is for someone who's going to loyally love. That's what you want. That's what you're looking for. And it says that it would be better if they were poor than a liar. So you could find someone who's not loyal, who's not trustworthy, and they have a ton of money, and it's like, man, I don't want them. Who cares how, you know, cool his BMW is? It's not for me. Ladies, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who's faithful, who stands by his word. Why? Because marriage is a commitment. It's it's a commitment. And so you want to find a guy who's loyal to his word and to his commitments. You want to find a guy who's loyal to his wife. And you're like, well, if he's married, Nick, then I'm not really that interested. No, but you want to find a guy who's loyal to his future wife, no matter what. Why is this important? We talked about this last week. But according to the CDC, 71% of divorces are caused by a lack of commitment. 71%. 43% are due to a lack of commitment. It's just someone just saying, man, I'm just kind of done with this whole thing. Like, till death do us part, I feel dead, so might as well get out. Which, honestly, it's sad, and it's heartbreaking. Another 28%, so that's 43%, 28% is due to cheating or infidelity which might not seem like a lack of commitment, but ultimately what it is is saying, you know what, I I made this commitment in marriage to love one woman, but I don't really feel like standing by that because I'm going to go after someone else. And honestly, that's why it's so important to protect sex for within marriage and to fight against hookup culture or against pornography because every single time that someone is physically intimate with another person or they view pornography. Chemical reactions are released in their brain, and that bonds them to that person. And so what you become attracted to is not a person, but what you become attracted to is variety. And variety is not good in marriage. Like the whole try before you buy is great if you're buying a car, but it is terrible in relationships. That is not good advice. Because if we're saying, oh, I, I should try out a bunch of different people, which first of all just sounds bad. But, like, I should try out how I feel with a bunch of different people to see who I'm compatible with. You're not setting yourself up to have any compatibility. Because what you're saying is that I want someone else. And then when you get married, it's going to be I want someone else. It's the same thing with pornography. Super addictive. And I'm just going to take this moment to say as an aside, right, pornography is a huge problem in our culture. And it's sometimes celebrated, sometimes it's just not talked about. We at The Block, we are committed to helping young adults build their life on what counts. And that means getting free from addictions. Guys, I've been there. Men, if this is something that you feel trapped by and you're like, I need to get out of this. And women, uh, it's not just a guy's problem. The statistics would say that it's more of a guy's problem, but it is not just a, a pro- or it is not just a man's problem. It goes both ways. But for any of you, if this is something that you feel trapped by and you want help in, you can reach out to our Instagram at at theblock.kc and just put interested, just DM, that's it, just interested. And girls, a girl will follow up with you. And guys, a guy will follow up with you. And we are committed to helping you guys live free and and not be addicted to variety because we genuinely want to set people up for healthy marriages one day. And that includes getting free from addiction. And it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of effort, but it is so worth it. I cannot emphasize how worth it it is. We can't just continue to bond ourselves to variety. So how do we see if someone's faithful, though? Because these are not questions for a first date, very clearly. Please don't talk about this. I mean, I'm not just joking. Like, it is kind of funny, but don't talk about this on a first date. Seriously. But ask, does someone show loyalty to his friends and family? You could ask another question, hey, what, what are some things that you do to stick with your people? You know, or who are your people? And if he's like, man, I don't really have any close friends because every single time someone wrongs me, I kind of just dip on him. It's like, he's not really a super faithful guy. Maybe he just needs better friends. That could be the case. But he's probably not a faithful guy. Men, are you committed to loving one woman for the rest of your life? Today is the day to start. Next one, gentleness. So we got selflessness and faithfulness. Gentleness is like, what? That's not manly. What is that? Guys, gentleness is defined as having the compassion and self-control to respond to people with tenderness and kindness. See, culture tells men, like, either you got to be too macho, too cool, or, like, just be a jokester and don't, like, let people take you too seriously or just be a total pushover, gentleness is none of those things. Gentleness is a quiet resolve to treat people with kindness and control your own temper. That's what it is. Proverbs 15.1 says it like this. Maybe. A gentle response turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. You don't want a guy who's going to get angry at a moment's notice. We all see people like that, in the line at Taco Bell, blowing up because they didn't get their Baja Blast or it was flat, that is not a good look for anyone. And and it's funny, but everyone knows the danger that anger brings. I'm sure we have all been hurt by someone who responded to us with anger. And if gentleness is a quiet resolve to keep your temper in check, that takes strength. Man, gentleness is going to earn you so much more respect in the long run. So much more respect. Quiet resolve is better than flashy talent. Ten times out of ten. If you want to grow as a man, learn to control your temper. Women, you you want a guy who's not going to, you know, blow up at your kids one day. Or blow up at you if you're having conflict resolution. You want someone who's going to firmly but gently discipline your kids and say, hey, what you did was wrong. Let's move forward. It's going to be okay. Or, if they're talking to you, hey, something is between us. I want to solve it. What's going on? And it's a lot easier said than done. When emotions are flaring, it's tough. And, man, that's why we got to practice. we gotta, we got to flex this muscle. we got to build that resolve to stand firm no matter what. My dad says like this. Honestly, my dad is one of my favorite guys ever. He's been married for 34 years to my mom. Absolutely love him. And he says this. He says, women, if you're looking for a great man don't even consider someone who doesn't make personal growth and gentleness a priority. Don't even consider someone. So if you talk to a guy and he seems to be, you know, flying off the rails at everything, or you can tell that he's got a little bit of a temper, my dad would say, don't even consider him. Advice paid off really well for my sister. He wanted to give the advice to you all. Men, work on controlling yourself and just treating people with kindness Treat people with kindness, even if they can't do anything for you. Just treat them with love and gentleness and respect. Women, ask yourself if you're looking for a guy, how does he treat people who aren't a main part of his life? Waiters, you know, service people, anyone who's like, oh, they're not, you know, I'm not going to interact with him a ton. Just look to see how he treats them. Also, look to see how he treats his mom or his grandma. Because that's a huge indicator. How guys interact with their mom or grandma is a huge indicator of how they interact with their future wife. Honestly, I was, as I was writing this, I was challenged. I was like, I want to take this up a step further. I was over at my parents' house for dinner, and my mom was asking about my day. And I wasn't harsh with her, but I was just like, it was okay, Mom. And, I, and I, in the moment, I was like, man, that's just, that's not what I want. You know, that's not the kind of gentleness that a true man lives by. And this is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of work. But this will make a quality of a true man if you want to grow in this. So we got selflessness, we got faithfulness, we got gentleness. Next one. We got responsibility. This one gets me fired up. Right? Responsibility is taking ownership for your thoughts, actions, problems, and situations. It's it's the guy who's saying, you know what? Something happened to me and it wasn't even my fault, but I'm going to take responsibility. And it became my problem. So I'm going to gently take responsibility for it. Not talking about the guy who takes responsibility for everything. This is 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. I love that verse. I really do. It's like, man, when I was a child, I was a child. And it makes sense. Children should be children. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. And this passage is actually, Paul is talking to a church and he's talking about love. How do you love a community? And see, love is a mature point of view. To be able to be selfless towards someone and seek their best versus your own, that takes maturity. And maturity takes responsibility. So it's the guy who, does he ask for forgiveness? Does he own his mistakes? If he says something wrong, does he say, hey, I'm sorry, that was was on me. Will you forgive me? It's the guy who, gets his life in order. He's, just, he's not waiting for someone else to come and fix all of his problems. But he's saying, no, I'm going to take responsibility. Even if hard things have happened, I'm going to do the work to grow in these things. And guys, just a point on this, living a responsible life will give you the purpose that you're looking for. If you wake up every morning and you feel a little dead inside and you feel tired, one of the best things that you can do is take responsibility and get with guys that are going to challenge you to do that. And I promise you, your outlook on life will change. That's how it works. If you get help, that's part of being responsible, is asking for help. It's not having all the answers. None of us do. Right? The the smartest people in the world don't know everything. But it is knowing when to ask for help and taking responsibility for it. Women, you, you want a man who's gonna reject passivity and press into healthy conflict. If there's something in between you, you're going to want a guy that shows up and says, hey, something's between us. Can we talk about it? And again, he's doing it in a gentle way. And he's doing it in a selfless way because he's looking to build that relationship back. And you want a man who's going to ask for forgiveness and then actually grow and develop in the area. It's not just the guy who's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll change. Probably says baby all the time. That was a weird shot. I don't know why I took that. If someone needed to hear that, you're welcome. No, but but you want a guy who's actually going to, even if they say baby, that's fine. You want a guy who's going to grow and develop in the things that matter, right? If he wrongs someone, then he says, hey, I'm going to do what it takes to change because this is my responsibility. My life is my responsibility. So we're looking for a guy who's a grown-up, not just looking for a good time. And not just looking for a good time and all the connotations of how our culture says it, but looking for a good time. Not just someone who's like, man, I just I kind of want to do what's fun. I kind of want to do what feels good. No, we're looking for a guy who's, who's got his priorities in check and he's responsible. Men, we want to be men who take initiative. And I'm not talking about being the guy who's like taking so much initiative at his job that he's got like the six figures and the sweet car. That could be an example of responsibility. It's not 100% an indicator of that. Because he could be responsible in his job but totally failing in everything else. So you want a guy who's holistically responsible. You want a guy who across the board takes responsible in as much things as he can. And remember, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for direction. So it's, is this guy making this increasingly a part of his life? And these things are proven over time. And so time, when it comes to dating, is your friend. And hey, if you're married, men, if you're in here and you're married and you're like, I don't think I've been responsible in some areas, just go to your wife and say, hey, Will you forgive me? I'm going to seek to grow in responsibility. And then do it. And get yourself around guys that are going to hold you to that and are going to do it. And I promise you that's going to be a huge blessing to your marriage. Because that's one of the things that God talks about. This is how you love someone. Is by being responsible. The last one. So We've got selflessness, faithfulness, gentleness, responsibility. The last one is intimacy with Christ. Intimacy with Christ. And now, if you thought gentleness was weird, you're probably like, what on earth is this one? Right, like what's this about? And maybe you know, but ultimately, guys, because Jesus was the five-star man. And sorry, Scott, but Jesus was the only perfect man. (laughs) Only perfect guy. Scott's pretty good, though. But intimacy with Jesus is having a close relationship with him that makes you more like him. See, Jesus was selfless. He laid down his life on the cross for other people. He was faithful. He remained committed to the things that he had been called to, even when it hurt. He was gentle. He healed people who were sick, people who honestly would have frustrated me like crazy. And he responded to his followers with kindness. And he challenged them. It wasn't a pushover. If you know anything about Jesus, you know that he wasn't. But he was gentle. And he was responsible he trained other people. He brought other people under his responsibility He said, I'm going to help develop them. And he was going to do the things that had been entrusted to him. Revelation 3.20 says this. Is Jesus talking. He says, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. And the reality of this passage is Jesus is saying this to people who are following him. And he's saying, I want to be more a part of your life. And it's asking Jesus to to change every part of our life. And we fight to know him. Because if Jesus was the five-star man, then I want to spend as much time with him as I can. I want to get to know the Bible. Because this is what talks about Jesus. And I want to pray because that's how I communicate with Jesus. And I want to get around guys who are going to challenge me to know Jesus. And I want to do that more and more. Because that's how you get to know someone. Intimacy with Jesus is just a, it's just a friendship with him. It's following him. and saying, you tell me where to go and I'll follow. Guys, I hope you've had a, a friend like this. It's the friend that will challenge you to go to the next level. And Jesus can be the best friend who's not just going to challenge you, but he's going to support you. And he's going to say, let me help you do this. Let's do this together. Someone who is passionate about Intimacy with Jesus is also not just going to be focused on themselves, but it's going to pour out into other conversations with other people. Right? Like, let's say my best friend Jack is here. Jack lives down in Dallas. He works for a big drone company. And if he's here and I'm like, oh, hey, Jack's here. And then I go out and I start talking to you all. And I don't introduce a single person to my best friend. What does that say about our relationship? It means I probably, one, don't really care about Jack, even though I say I do. Two, it means I'm embarrassed about Jack because I don't want him to meet y'all. Or three, it means I just don't think about him that often. And he just kind of slips my mind. And how much greater if it is the God of the universe that we can have a friendship with? And if I'm not willing to talk about Jesus with people that I'm around and introduce them to the greatest friend that I have ever known, what does that say about my relationship with him? Because one, I'm either ashamed of him Or two, I don't think he's that worth it. Women, you want to find a man who's not just passionate about knowing Jesus himself. And not just fights to do that, to get to know him. But someone who is introducing other people to Jesus too. And is challenging other men to grow in their walk with Jesus. Because that's how you know he cares. That is a huge explanation that he has both the quiet life of personal connection with Jesus. And also the public life of wanting other people to know him. Guys, this is the most important relationship in your life. I said not everyone will get married, and that's true. Whether you get married or not, how you think about Jesus and how you connect with him will be the most important decision you ever make. Second one will probably be who you marry. So guys, if you want to have a good marriage or just be a good man, you've got to go deep with Jesus. Second, most important relationship, if you're married, is not you and your wife. It's your wife's relationship with Jesus. And so you want to find a guy, ladies, who's going to point you towards Christ. And he's going to say, hey, follow Christ. Don't follow me. Follow Christ. And we'll do it together. Follow me as I follow Christ. And then the third most important relationship is the the marriage relationship. So if that's the case, then, girls, you want to find a guy who's abiding with Christ and connecting and remaining with Christ. Because he's going to commit to you because he's committed to Jesus. See, Here's the thing, if you attract a guy based off your looks, maybe you're like, yeah, sweet, like I'm going to work out, I'm going to do up my hair, I'm going to do everything I can to look pretty. If you attract a guy based off those things, I'm not saying they're bad, but if that's your primary attractor, if you get a guy to like you for your looks, he'll leave you for your looks. Because looks fade. There's a reason why we're not going to retirement homes trying to meet people. Looks fade, guys. Basic biology. Basic biology. If you attract a guy for your personality, personalities change. None of us are the same people that we were 10 years ago. So if you get to know someone because, like, well, they're really outgoing and I really, you know, they're a big, fun party person, that could entirely change when you have kids. They could become super introverted. And what was the foundation of your marriage could suddenly not be there anymore. Jobs can be lost. Hobbies can be lost. But Jesus will never change. And so find a guy who loves Jesus. Guys, find a girl who loves Jesus. Because if two people are passionately pursuing Christ, that is the one thing that doesn't go away. And and I am not talking about a guy who's just a nice guy. I'm not talking about a guy who just goes to church or posts things on his Instagram or has a loud voice. I'm talking about a guy who genuinely knows Jesus. I'm talking about finding that guy who fights to know Jesus. And guys, we will have to sacrifice if you want to do this. It takes time to read the Bible. And there's a lot of other things you could do. It takes time to pray. And there's a lot of other things you can do. But I promise you, there is nothing better. There is nothing better. One of the men that I look up to more than anything, he told me, he said, Nick, not enough guys are willing to get alone with Jesus and just spend time with him and grow. And I was like, man, that is a challenge because it is hard to get aloneness. But phones are distracting, right? Work is busy. Friends are always going to be there. There's always going to be something to draw you away. But what we think about Jesus, that is the best thing that we can have. So women, find that guy who's fighting to know Jesus. And don't say yes to a guy who's just a good guy. Because he might be good. And he might be good. But but that's not good. Is not a commitment builder. Good guys can change. They really can. Men, do you know Jesus? So we've got selflessness, faithfulness, gentleness, responsibility, and intimacy with Christ. These are the traits of a five-star man. These are the things that God says if you've got these things, these are going to be a huge blessing in your marriage. And remember, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for direction. So you want to find a guy who's not perfect in all these categories because, like I said, he does not exist. Jesus was all of these things. So you find a guy who's moving towards Jesus. And you find a guy who's, who's running towards Jesus and helping other people do the same. And, man, remember, don't just grow in these things because you want to get married one day. Please do not. These things, if you grow in responsibility, I promise you your life is going to be more satisfied. If you grow in gentleness, I promise men will respect you more. If you grow in selflessness and loyalty and faithfulness, you will have a close bond of brothers, the likes of which you have never seen. And if you grow in intimacy with Christ, your entire life will change. It will change the entire trajectory of your life. And remember, remember women, if, if you're not attracted to these things, I would just really encourage you to ask yourself why. Why? Because if these are the things that God says are good, but you're like, man, I, just keep, I keep ending up with jerks, right? Could it, could it be that you're attracted to jerks if that's who you continually find yourself going after? And if you don't want that, because I don't want that for anyone, that doesn't seem like a healthy relationship. Just ask God to change you and say, God, change my heart. I want to be attracted to different things. I want my heart to change, and he will do it. And, guys, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, wow, thanks, Nick. My chances are now ruined. Guys, there's a a reality that a lot of the things that we do in life can take away from the feeling of being a five-star man. Right? And maybe you're like, I'm not even a two-star guy. Like, I'm a zero-star guy because I'm not moving towards any of these things at all. And that brings a lot of shame, and you feel like, man, I, there's no hope for me, so maybe I should just go back to doing relationships my way because it's more comfortable, and I'm just going to keep hurting people, and I'm just going to keep doing whatever I want because you feel like a zero star, and you feel like you're nobody. Let me tell you about a story of a, of a recruit, and this high school player, he wanted to play football in college, but uh, no one thought anything of him. They thought he was mediocre, not even mediocre. He got, this is his recruiting page on Rebel. He uh, had no picture. You see those five white stars? Those should be gold. That means he got no stars. And he got one offer to walk on. Not even a scholarship. One offer to walk on. Everyone in the world would say a guy like this is not someone that should be recruited. But through trusting in Jesus and hard work... That man trained and trained and trusted God. In this past year, he won the receiving triple crown. He won the offensive player of the year and the Super Bowl MVP. His name is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was a zero star guy. But he trusted in God. After he won the Super Bowl, actually, after he won the, the triple crown, he said, Do it to get a crown that lasts, which is a reference to the Bible. And it's talking about the things that we should strive for, not the things of this earth, but the things that are imperishable, the things that God gives. And Cooper Cup trusted God and he worked his tail off. He worked hard at growing as a football player. And if you have seen Cooper Cup play, you know that he is a phenomenal football player. And he's a phenomenal teammate. And he's a phenomenal athlete. But he didn't start there. And so guys, if you are in this room and you're like, I'm not a five-star guy, I'm telling you the way to do that is to do what Cooper Cup did and trust in Jesus and work hard. Ask God to change you. Say, God, I'm going my own way and it's leading me down a path that is not good. And it's not leading me towards success in marriage. It's not leading me towards success in relationships. It's not leading me towards success in anything. And say, I want to trust you. And then you fight to know Jesus. And you fight to know him. And you run hard, guys, after knowing Jesus, and you get around guys who will push you to do that. That is what we are about here at The Block. I want people to have great marriages, I want people to have successful lives, but more than anything, I want people to know Jesus. Because you see, Jesus lived a perfect life, and He died on the cross for our sins. And He was raised back to life, not so that we could have a successful life, or not so that we could have a good marriage but so that we could have eternal life with him. All eternal life is, people toss that term around all the time, all it is is knowing God forever. And if you want to know God forever and you have not made that decision, you can do that. Whether you are a guy or a girl who does not know God, you can make that decision. And I would encourage you, if you don't know how or you want more practicals of what that looks like, please come talk to someone at the front. Our volunteers sacrifice a lot. They're the selfless people. They give up parts of their Thursdays to make stuff like this happen. They're faithful. They stay and they come committed. And they will help you grow because they are pursuing intimacy with Christ. I think the world of them. I really do. Come talk to one of them. Talk to one of your friends who invited you, who you know is not just a good person or not just going to church, but is passionately pursuing Christ. Ask them, how do I have that? Fight for that. It's worth it. It really is. These are the qualities that will give you a good marriage one day. But these are the qualities that will also help you have a firm foundation in life, guys. Women, I I pray that you continually grow in being attracted to these qualities. These are the things that are going to matter in life. The money, the fun personality, the tall, dark, and handsome, it all goes away. But Jesus does not change, and a love for Jesus does not change. So fight for that. Go after it. It's good. It's worth it. I promise you. It really is. We're going to have the band come up right now, and I'm going to pray for us. I just want to explain a little bit about what the band's going to do. So they're going to sing. We're going to have some songs in time of reflection. And if you're not very familiar with how worship goes, that is totally okay. Just the same thing with the Bible. All worship is, is just celebrating what God has done. And so if, if Jesus has transformed your life, the Bible talks about celebrating that through singing. And if, if that's not true, um, and if you have not been transformed by Jesus or you don't have a relationship with him, you do not have to sing. I hope you, do. you don't feel like you have to stand up. You can just read the words and meditate and reflect on the talk and on the words and on what God is speaking to you. But if you have, I would encourage you to consider... How you celebrate what God has done. How you celebrate what God has done in your life. I'm going to pray for us. God, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful that you were the perfect man. God, the fact that that I I never can be that, I never was that, I never have been. But God, that through your grace, God, you give us eternal life and that I don't have to be perfect, God, and none of us do, but help us to strive to be like you. Help us to fight for that. God, help us as men to raise the bar for each other. And God, help the women in the room to value these things. And I pray that godly marriages would happen as a result of the night and the hard work that you're going to empower us to do. And God, ultimately, I I pray that we would just get to know you more every single day. There's a, God, there has just never been anyone like you. And I'm grateful for the way you've transformed my life. And I hope that every single one of us reflect on that every single day, the fact that you loved us and died for us and were raised from the, de- from the dead. Because that's what changes lives and that's what makes all the difference. So God, I'm grateful for you. And we pray all these things through your son's name.